So one of the biggest mistakes that people make is investing in their own personal name, not having the right structure in place, and starting this investment process and exposing themselves to huge potential liability. Hi, welcome to Ready to Scale Season 3. I'm your host, Ellie Perlman. I'm a real estate investor, syndicator, and operator of multifamily properties. And in this season, we're going to focus on dialogues that drive success. Building real wealth is not a fairy tale nor rocket science, but there's so much to learn. So grab a cup of coffee and join me each week for in-depth conversations with successful real estate investors. Conversations that are designed to help you drive your wealth, investment, knowledge, and lifestyle to the next level. And of course, you can always go to my website, elliperlman.com, to read more about investing passively in multifamily. Today, I'm speaking with Lauren Cohen. She's an international lawyer, realtor, and cross-border expert. She's an immigration and business strategist, and she helps investors navigating international investments. She also immigrated from Canada, frozen Canada, and became a U.S. citizen in 2012. Welcome to the show, Lauren. Thank you, Elle. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. It's a pleasure to be not in Canada right now. (laughs) We chatted a little bit before we started recording, talking about your clients. Can you tell me, you know, a bit more, you know, about who your clients are and and who you're working with and why you do what you do? Well, those are loaded questions. So first, my clients are literally from all over the world. Literally, I work with people that are inbound into the U.S., investing into real estate, trying to figure out strategies for investing in real estate what types of real estate. I have an eight-step program that we go through to figure out how they should invest, and then we implement that investment strategy. In that investment strategy, oftentimes there is a piece that is connected with a visa, with immigration. So my superhero power is helping people immigrate through real estate. And that's really what I love to do because I love to find a path with what they're passionate about rather than them having to buy a business they may not be interested in because they want to move to the U.S. or Canada and they want to raise their families here or leave, you know, the country that they're from, leave the cold in Canada, for example, leave the challenges in a lot of the third world countries and come to the U.S. and Canada and find peace and so on. My clients are often higher net worth individuals that want to create those strategies that aren't just investing to invest, that want to understand the tax implications of what they're doing, which are so important. They'll want to understand the legal implications. And even if they're not planning to move to the US or Canada to get a visa in place so that they can travel under normal circumstances without challenges, travel back and forth across borders and not be challenged because they don't have the right papers in their passport. So my why is really about impacting people and helping them to find these easily navigable solutions. My tagline is helping navigate your way to invest, live, work and play across borders. So that's really what I do and what I love to do. And, you know, I asked at the beginning, where's your accent from? And sometimes I upset people. A woman almost, well, she did hang up on me the other day because I said, oh, your accent sounds whatever. And she was like, that's a personal question. And I'm like, I can't even help it because I'm an immigration lawyer and I work internationally. And I just, I know, you know, 
people know my accent often is Canadian and I'm like, you can still tell. Yes. So anyway, I love what I do. That's amazing. I think it's very interesting. I remember, I think it was in my early twenties. I wanted to immigrate to the States and I kept thinking of the best ways to do that. And I asked him before we started recording, what, what's the minimum for investment? Cause I remember when I did my research, I don't think there was Google back then, but I was doing my research and I read that it was about half a million dollars in investment to move to the States. And I thought it was kind of funny because I wanted to immigrate here so I can make money because I did (laughs) not see the opportunities where I was back in Israel. And if I had half a million dollars to invest, why would I want to live in Israel? Because I I already made it in life, you know, so. (laughs) But it's all about people's motivation to make that move. And the beauty of finding them a track through real estate is that so many people want to or do invest in real estate. And there's so many different levels of real estate investing. Now, you're not going to get a visa if you're buying a single family home and you're going to use that for yourself or even to rent it. That's not going to get you a visa. It's really about transitioning your passive hobby real estate investing into an active business real estate investment platform. And once we do that and create that strategy, then you have a path to immigrate. That's very interesting. And I'm I'm sure you've seen a lot of interesting stories and and interesting yeah. cases. Can you think of a very unique or interesting case where someone came to you and said, "Hey, I want to invest abroad," and something unexpected happened? Oh my gosh! Well, I'll give you my own story because that was a certainly unexpected. So, how did I get into immigration? My ex-husband, we were married. He was from Canada. And we got married here, went on our honeymoon to Thailand. And on the way back, Thailand, the haven for Israelis, by the way, (laughs) on our way back, we got stopped at Chicago O'Hare Airport. This is all in my book, by the way, the preface of my book. We got stopped and he was told he was inadmissible. They expeditiously removed him. They put him in immigration jail. This is on the way back from our honeymoon. They put him in immigration jail and they barred him from entry and sent him back to Canada by way of Japan. We were in Chicago, so it was an hour flight, but because we flew in from Japan, they sent him back there. And they sent me back to Florida with this brand new husband that had been deported. So he was expeditiously removed and then deported. And it was all because of some glitches in the immigration process he was going through. And I was like, I'm determined not to let this happen to other people. So it was a very hard lesson, but again, it's about turning adversity into prosperity and turning a negative into a positive. And so I was very driven to make that happen. And that actually pushed me in the direction I'm in today. It is interesting. You know, I was traveling when I moved to the States, I was in, in business school and I was stopped several times. They wanted to check my, you know, credentials, look at my visa. And I went to a very you know, famous school. So I didn't even think it would be an issue, but every once in a while, somebody asked to, you know, asked me to go to the side room and wanted to, you know, check my papers. So it's definitely much more challenging. You know, my aunt actually moved to the States. She lived in California back in the seventies and the eighties. And I remember that she told me that all they had to do is go to the post office and submit this application to get a green card. And a few months later, 
you know, they got the green card. So definitely, you know, different times. Now when, you know, investors are reaching out to you and they say, Hey, I want to invest in the States. Are there any kind of mistakes that you see that they keep doing over and over? Cause I can imagine that some of them are, you know, making some mistakes before they find out about you and reach out to you. Can you mind sharing some of those mistakes? Oh yeah. So one of the biggest mistakes that people make is investing in their own personal name, not having the right structure in place, and starting this investment process and exposing themselves to huge potential liability. And part two of that is, and I have a 10-step process, so part two of that is not paying any attention to or not focusing on cross-border. Now, cross-border can be across any border, Israel, U.S., Canada, U.S., U.K., U.S., tax issues. Because if you don't have somebody that's an expert on taxes on both sides of whatever border it is, you're going to have liability issues. I know that I have a client who had over 100,000 in liability, tax liability, because she hadn't had the right structure set up. And a lot of US, let's call them real estate advisors, real estate coaching companies, take a Canadian or take an Israeli or take a Brit and say, okay, this is our model, plug and play, plug and play, plug and play. It's not plug and play because there's tax treaties to consider. And there's issues about when you go back to your home country and you're not moving here, you're not living in the U.S., there are implications from the revenue agencies where you come from. So it's not only the IRS that matters. And these are really big issues. Another big factor and this is why I do what I do, is a lot of people are trying to run businesses in the U.S. without visas. And it's so easy oftentimes to get a visa. It doesn't mean you have to move. But if you have a visa in your passport, it's going to stop you from having those problems at the border and potentially not being able to not only visit your, your properties, visit your investments, make the deals happen, which now is limited due to COVID, but that's an exceptional circumstance, but you're also going to have those challenges of going to that side room and wasting all that time every single time because you didn't put the right precautions, as you mentioned, in place. So why not consult with an expert that really understands the scope of this? Now, I'm not saying I'm not a tax expert. I have a tax expert on my team, right? I'm not an expert at everything, but I know how to stay in my lane. And so when I stay in my lane, I bring experts in that stay in the other lane so that my clients get the guidance that they need. Yeah, that's very interesting. I've been approached as a, a real estate syndicator by people from Spain, Japan, the Emirates, from pretty much all over the world. And right now I don't work with investors that are living abroad because you know the, the tax implications can be challenging unless they have someone who can guide them through that process. You know, I know that I need, you know, to allocate some, you know, withhold the tax until, you know, I need to consult with a tax expert to make sure that I can release the distributions to them. It, it becomes right. so much more complicated. And it's interesting because I think, you know, many think, you know what, I can just write a check or wire and that's no. it. But it's a lot more complicated than that. And then there's also where'd the money come from? Mm -hmm. That's a whole other dimension. Yep. And depending on where you're, which country you're from, there are completely different restrictions and requirements on moving money, 
on source of funds. And you are not going to be able to invest in North America without having a clear source of funds. Clear meaning clean. Clear meaning, you know, no challenges. You show where that money came from. Oh, it came from my dad. Okay, where did your dad get it from? That's not good enough. We have to show the source of those funds because we have to make sure that there's no money laundering. That's a very big deal. Yeah. When I'm moving money around, you know, for instance, back to Israel, it's such a, a painful process because they have to know where the money came from. And if we say, oh, this came from an investment or from a loan or from a gift, we need to show the origin of that money it goes back to the origin. So yeah. And listen, I, I, I understand this. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, I'm hesitated to work with foreign funds because I don't know where it's coming from. And I need to make right. sure it's, you know, it's clean. So if, you know, if an investor, let's say want, you know, if somebody wants to invest, you know, let's say they're actually in the States and they want to invest in Chile or, you know, anywhere outside of the U.S. Are those investors also, do they need to deal with the same issues that someone who is investing from outside of the States? super important when you're from the U.S. and you're investing outside of the U.S. to have the same structure in place as you would if you were investing into the U.S. because you're still going to have those same tax and legal and other implications, you know, from the perspective of filing your taxes in the U.S. How did you set up that structure? How did you invest in that foreign country? Are there tax treaties? How do they look? Are there legal treaties? How do they look? Do you need a visa to run your business or make those investments? Is it all passive? There's just so many considerations. So, I'd love to share with your listeners my ebook, Real Estate Investing Across Borders, and I'll give you the code for that. You can put it in the show notes. And it's an eight-step process to look at all of these different elements. But I think the most important number one recommendation or tip I can give is that the team is the most essential part of the process, having the right team in place, making sure that they are all vetted and that they work nicely together, they play nicely in the sandbox and that they are accountable. Because at the end of the day, if you don't have that, you're not going to have anything. Yeah, absolutely. Team is everything. I think setting up the right team is so essential, whether you're an active investor, a syndicator, a passive investor. That's absolutely right. Lauren, do you think that, and I think the answer is yes, but I'm interested in hearing from your experience, how has COVID changed things? Well, COVID changed things a lot because obviously now, there's much more virtual investing going on. But even when you're virtually investing, you still need to make sure that you're properly structured because eventually you're going to go and visit those properties or visit that location. And you're also eventually going to file a tax return that includes those investments. So you still need to have that structure in place. I think COVID has opened doors a lot to foreign investing and you know, for a short while, probably the first six months, people were very hesitant and waiting to see what happened. But the reality is now there's going to be a lot more investment, particularly into the U.S., despite the challenges politically and the high mortality rate with COVID. It's still, relatively speaking, a pretty solid economy. You know, the the housing market is strong. The rental market is strong. And the opportunities here are going to continue to surpass those in most other countries. Got it. So basically, your clients, they do their research from abroad. They 
find an investment that they want to be involved with in the States. And then they reach out to you. And then basically they take all the eight steps that you're talking about in setting up you know, the, the right process for investment. And then you basically, after they've invested, you're starting the whole immigration process? Not necessarily. So because I'm also a realtor, I'm, I'm generally very involved in the actual investment process. I also am a, a real estate coach. My partner and I teach how to invest without, with little or no money down. And we run a program called Creative Real Estate Academy. So we have a lot of cross-border and international students who are interested in investing into the US and Canada. And so we help them actually find the investments, create the joint venture relationships with people that already have access to the investments and so on. So it's turnkey. So most of my clients come to me with help from the very beginning. Maybe there's a property management franchise involved. Maybe there's some other type of business involved. So it's a full service, comprehensive one-stop shop. Got it. What would you say is your your number one advice for someone who, you know, is listening to us, they're maybe residing outside of the US or or a US citizen who who lives in the States and they want to invest, you know, abroad. What would be the number one advice you can give them? Don't try to do it yourself. Speak with a team of professionals. Find a professional and listen to their advice. Don't just hire them and then ignore them. That's kind of pointless. But find somebody that you know, like, and trust that can be your trusted advisor and manage the process for you. Don't try to do it all yourself. That's my number one piece of advice. Got it. Got it. All right. All right, Lauren, thank you so much. We've arrived to the last part of our conversation, and this is the lightning round questions. We have five quick questions. The first one is, what's your favorite hobby? My favorite hobby. Wow, this is a trick question. I think my favorite <laughs> hobby, because nowadays it is a hobby, is finding, I can't, I can't help myself, coming up with new business strategies and sitting and working through them and you know, reading books about them and learning about them. And although it seems connected with business at the, at these days, hobbies, I just don't even have time for hobbies. I love what I do so much that that's part of my hobby. I know it sounds sad, but it's true. No, I, I know some businessmen that their work, their business is their hobby because they genuinely enjoy working, you know, in their business. So, and is there anything that you know, people don't really know about you that you want to share? I think I shared it, that thing about my ex-husband being deported, which is which is my story, but I haven't shared it nearly as much as I probably should. And I would never be skydiving. <laughs> I don't know, I'm a pretty open book. I've had some really interesting yeah. experiences in my life. Very interesting. And I've been married twice and will never get married again. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, I'm very All curious right. about that. So. All right. What do you wish you had known when you first you know, started your business? So I think that the answer to that is more about what I wish I had known when I went to law school. And that is that I'm not meant to be a pure paper pusher lawyer. I kind of knew that, but I tried that path. And also to pull the real estate into all of what I do because it's what drives what I do. And it took me a long time to pull that all together. So I wish I'd known those things much earlier. All right. Actually, when I went to law school, 
I thought I'm going to be a judge. That was my dream. <laughs> and then, you know, dreams change. And, and I realized that uh, it's actually far more interesting to be on the business side. It took me a few years to get it. And I don't regret it. It gives you a lot of important tools and it shapes your business investment philosophy. It, it makes you in a way who you are. So I, I don't regret it. But I find it interesting that, you know, I every once in a while I meet someone who said, yeah, I went to law school. I felt right away was wasn't the right fit, but I went with it anyways. And, you know, you found a way to to take, you know, your education and to turn it to something you're passionate about. So a lot about it is just pivoting. Right. Definitely is a huge part of what I do. Mm -hmm. And it yep. gives me credibility to do what I do. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So Lauren, where can people find you if they want to reach out to you, talk to you about immigration, real estate investment here or, or abroad? How can they do that? Well, I will share the link to my real estate investing cross borders. I run webinars on how to immigrate through real estate. The next one's on January 13th. I don't know if this is posted before that, but... I'm happy to share that with you. You can find me on social media, on LinkedIn. I'm very active on LinkedIn, on Instagram. Now it's Lauren underscore Cohen underscore ESQ. And my main company name is eCouncil Inc. E-C-O-U-N-C-I-L-I-N-C. And you can also find me at realestateacrossborders.com. So that is my new website that we're just launching. So I'm kind of excited. All right. Awesome. Lauren, thank you so much for, you know, sharing the last 45 minutes with me. I really appreciate it. And I hope that we added some value to our listeners and, you know, to you guys. I hope that that was beneficial for you, that you became a little bit smarter after listening to us. Be bold, be great and keep moving forward. And I'll see you on the next episode. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.